Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, October the 1st. And welcome to the first, uh, first day of October as we formally begin the third quarter or the fourth quarter of uh, 2023. Look, this is a big Sunday in sports. And I want to touch uh, on a couple of things here uh, before we get to our current events. Uh, first of all, congratulations to the Houston Astros winning the American League West. They actually ended up in a tie with the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Rangers were defeated today in Seattle. The Astros defeated the D-backs in Arizona. So because, by ending in a tie, the Astros won because they had the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker, I guess they define it as uh, the season record, whoever has the best season record. And look, those are the rules, and that's the way it is. But I don't like this, this, deciding a division title with tiebreakers. I just don't think that's the right thing. You, know, you play a whole season, you finish with the same record. Why not just play an extra game? Have a one-game playoff. We've had those before. Now, I know why they do it, because the, the, the schedule is very tight, and the next uh, series is going to be starting on Tuesday. So I know why they do it. It's just a simple matter of scheduling. But, you know, you could schedule... You could schedule the beginning of the of the wild card series on Wednesday just to give uh, give yourself an extra day for travel. But deciding the a division title with tiebreakers it just doesn't seem right to me. But that's the way it is. But I do want to congratulate the Astros for winning. I also want to congratulate the Texas Rangers uh, for being uh, in the postseason. Nobody expected that. I mean. Nobody in March or April was even expecting this club to play 500. And here they are, 90 wins and in the, in the postseason. Now, the next thing for the Rangers, they are going to Tuesday. On Tuesday, they're going to go to Tampa Bay and begin the, this wild card series, which is a very interesting arrangement because you basically go to one place and you've got three games and you got to win two. And it's going to be tough. I mean, just to be honest with you, it's going to be tough with Tampa Bay. That is one of the best teams uh, in baseball. So, you know, it's been that kind of year for the Rangers. They've always exceeded expectations. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they'll do it. Uh, they'll do it one more time. But again, congratulations to the Astros. Congratulations to the Rangers for a great season. I would love to play the Astros again. And I guess because of the way the schedule is, they would have to meet I think in the league uh, championship series, which is two rounds uh, down the road. Well, over uh, over at the NFL, the Cowboys seem to be blowing away the the Patriots right now. Beginning of the fourth quarter, they're winning by thirty points. So I don't think that's much of a match. So the Cowboys will go on to be three and one. And you know, I'm not sure who they play next, but it should be it should be a good season for the Cowboys. Let's just hope they go further into the postseason than they have uh, here recently. So a couple of sports notes there on a very busy uh, sports or weekend uh, afternoon. Texas A&M also won. That's a good thing. So just a, a good weekend of sports around here. And that's uh, always good with me because I'm a big sports fan. Let's talk about this shutdown. They were supposed to have a shutdown. It didn't happen. They were able to put a deal. They were able to put a deal together I guess at the last minute, look, I am not a big fan of shutdowns. Um, I understand why they want to do it because they want, they need to control the budget. I understand all of that, but now they've got 45 days, I guess, until the next deadline. And 
the Republicans need to make it very clear to the Democrats, we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to do these continuing resolutions anymore. If you're not willing to, to work on the budget, and I guess the big argument was about money for the, for the border, if the Democrats don't want to do this, and the next time, yes, I do, I do think we need to shut it down because this government is out of control. The spending is out of control. What's happening on the border is out of control. I just saw a story right before we began uh, with this video that O'Hare Airport, one of the most important airports in the country, it has become a home for many of these migrants. So you have an airport has now been basically taken over and turned into some kind of a shelter for uh, many of these migrants in, in Chicago. You know, in New York City, they had these floods and you begin to wonder, you begin to wonder whatever happened to, to these people who were out in the streets, where did they put them? I don't know, but uh, hopefully none of them uh, were killed by this. So again, not, uh, not a big fan of shutdowns, but I think at some point, at some point you got to draw the line and say, you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. If you're not willing to, to do the appropriations process correctly, we are going to shut it down and, and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I think the Republicans have always been afraid that they're going to get blamed for this. And they probably will by many people. But I have a, I, I have a feeling that if you look at some of the polling data, that it's not as clear cut uh, one way or another. I think most Americans don't like what both sides are doing. And in this particular case, I would just go for broke. If the Republicans need to go for broke and say, we're not doing any more of this unless you're willing to do something about the border and uh, everything else. I guess Ukraine was also a big source of the irritation in this particular funding package. You know, I understand people want to support Ukraine. I, I think we should support Ukraine, but there has to be a better plan of what we're doing. There has to be a better explanation of what we're doing. And we're not getting that. We're not getting that from this uh, administration. In fact, I don't think that President Biden has addressed the nation, not one single time, on this whole question of Ukraine. I mean, we know he's spending money. And he, we know he's sending money to them. But he has never formally addressed the nation on the matter of Ukraine like he should, like other presidents have. They go speak to the nation and they say, look, this is why we're doing what we're doing. These are my priorities. This is why we're doing it. And this is why we must do it. He's never done that. And I think that becomes a real problem, a real problem for a lot of Americans at a time when we're running huge deficits. We have inflation uh, and, you know, people begin to wonder, what are we doing in Ukraine? We've been sending money now for over a year. And again, this is where the presidential leadership has to come in. President has to go to the nation, explain what we're doing. This is our objective. These are the. This is how we're meeting our objective. This is our end. This is our game. This is how we're going to finish. None of that has been explained to the American people. All we hear are these, uh, you know, generalities about well, we have to stop Putin. Well, yes, of course we do. But you better have a better explanation than simply saying we're going to send billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine to stop Putin. We haven't had that. And until we do, I, I think you're going to see more and more confusion over all of this. Well, there was an incident yesterday in the Congress 
I guess when they were having the vote or the discussions about uh, this particular spending package, there was an incident where a member of Congress allegedly went to a fire alarm, I guess touched the button or broke it or whatever, however you get these things going. <laughs> and the whole thing has become a real scandal. The amazing thing to me is that there's a video of this. Now, I don't know if the video actually shows him, you know, breaking the the glass or whatever you have or touching the button. I mean, he's pretty close to it, but I don't know if he's actually touching or if he if he looks like he's intentionally touching it because, you know, he could have been looking at it, not defending the guy. I'm just simply saying he deserves an explanation. But from everything I've seen, I think it's pretty clear that uh, he did it on purpose. And if he didn't understand that if you push a fire alarm, it would go off. If he didn't understand that, maybe do you want people like that in Congress? Do you want people like that voting for billions of dollars to Ukraine? Is that who you want in Congress? I don't think so. So, again, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And, you know, I don't know what the penalty is for doing something like this. But he did interrupt a session of Congress. And I'm sure there is a pretty serious penalty for that. I, I'm sure there is in the rules of, of the Senate and, and the House. But what an amazing story. You know, a member of Congress <laughs> apparently lets go of a fire alarm. I mean, that's pretty, pretty crazy. But, you know, Washington is pretty crazy these days. That's the problem with the politics of Washington. They're just absolutely crazy these, uh, these days. Let's talk a little bit about uh, on this day in history. Let me leave you with this. The jo jo Johnny Carson show began his performance or his uh, his uh, moderating or whatever, hosting, hosting, hosting the Tonight Show on this day in 1962. So that would make it 61 years ago today that he became the host of the Tonight Show. And of course, he turned uh, the Tonight Show into one of the most successful television shows of all time. Uh, I think he ran as the host until 1992 or 93. I mean, that's almost 30 years that he was hosting the program. The guy was phenomenal. Johnny Carson was a, a wonderful host, the perfect person for a show like that. Uh, the monologue that uh, we saw, uh, you know, before the show or the beginning of the show is classic, classic Johnny Carson. Not only, not only was he funny, we had some great lines, obviously had some great writers, but he would always take shots at politicians. But you know what? Carson did it with a grace. He did it with humor. You know, you never felt like he was taking a cheap shot at anybody. And you compare that with what we have now on late night television. It's not even in the same level. So Johnny Carson began on this day in 1962, 61 years ago today. I got to tell you a quick story. By Johnny Carson, when my family came to the United States, you know, my father would try to watch Johnny Carson to pick up not only English, but to see if he could understand humor, because humor is different in different languages. I mean, the punchline is different uh, in one language or another. And my poor dad could never get the punchline out of the Johnny Carson monologue. I mean, he would sit there, I remember, he would sit there looking at the TV and trying to figure out what the punchline was and why people were laughing. And I don't think he ever got it. But uh, Johnny Carson was a great, great host. And uh, we remember him uh, today. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. 
and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.